With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is The Rich Eisen Show. You don't have that like bookmarked at the top, uh, of, your, I mean, the top I... of your chrome? Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Man of his word. I will take less. I will help the team. I want to keep playing. Voila. The Rich Eisen Show. Earlier on the show. Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll. Still to come. Host of the Knuckleheads podcast, former NBA forward Darius Miles. Co-founder of the Premier Lacrosse League, Paul Rabel. And now. It's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air here in Los Angeles, California, where the Lakers are kicking back watching the Warriors play in a big-time elimination Friday night contest. Everything's on the line this evening. And is the uh, NBA play-in tournament, pardon me, the NBA State Farm play-in tournament uh, wraps up tonight. Can't leave the sponsor out, right? There we go. No, can't do that. And uh, we saw the Wizards blow out the Pacers. That was a snoozer last night. And um, and tonight we'll see uh, if the Warriors can uh, join the Wizards as the eighth seed and close out this play-in tournament with the seven and eight seeds (laughs) coming in, being the seven and eight seeds going out. Right. I mean. And, uh, but hey, uh, hey, the, the top 12 seeds are all chilling, sitting back. Hanging out. Getting healthy. Getting healthier by the minute. Uh, hey, big news. There wasn't a, a no-hitter in baseball last night. <laughs> that happened. Shockingly. Oh, my gosh. Wasn't a no-hitter. And uh, and j- just as we were talking all week about how uh, exit velocity has become much more of a premium uh, than actual uh, good old-fashioned contact for hitting, and the, the scourge that is the shift that I despise with a passion you know, short center and short right field should be for beer league softball, yeah. not major league baseball exactly. in my mind. Third baseman should be, you know, somewhere to the left of second base. If you're looking at second, right? Or close somewhere to in the general base. vicinity, not sitting out there in short right field like Manny Machado sometimes is positioned. Okay. And spin rate. We're talking about spin rate in baseball. Everyone can spin it. Everyone can throw 100 miles an hour. Maybe we should move the mound back. Maybe that's a part of the answer here, right? So that's what I was saying just the other day. Hey, maybe we should move the mound back. Never thought I would say that. Maybe we should also get rid of the shift. Hey, two people, you got four infielders. They have to be positioned somewhere five feet within five feet beyond the infield dirt 
Make a little line. You can even put a nice little line out there. Doesn't have to be totally delineated because they don't want to ruin the actual look of a field, but you got a little light line, right? Got to be within that. And you got to be, if you're a shortstop, you're designated short. You're designated as shortstop. You're designated as third baseman. That's the way you are in the lineup card. You must be on the side of second base that is traditionally associated with those positions. Second and first, short and third. That's it. Make this rule. And, you know, the whole business of hit them where they ain't, let's, uh, let's, let's kind of even that out a little bit. You got to be where you are. So the hitter can't hit them where they ain't, where traditionally nobody ain't, right? Can't believe I'm using these phrases, but I, I think it makes sense. That's the reasonable approach. Then you read what came out in The Athletic this morning. See this article, Christopher? Oh, no, I missed it. Oh, yeah. Written by Ken Rosenthal and Brittany Garoli. Okay. Double headline. Apparently, baseballs, when they're hit out of play, uh, fill with all sorts of gunk. A lot of baseballs are really tacky. In this article... Saying one major league team had a ball removed because it was a rookie's first hit and they were passing it around in the bus well after the game and they were still picking strands of some glue-type substance off the baseball. Oh, geez. How about that? Kudos to JT Realmuto, not only of the Philadelphia Phillies, but the fantasy league that I am in with my children. Tell it to the judge, because yes, Aaron's on the roster. <laughs> I just outed myself in the ESPN league that I joined. <laughs> well, I'm out there. Tell it to the judge. Kudos to JT putting his name on it. Everyone has swing and miss stuff from top to bottom, and it's not because everyone got so much better in the last three years. To be honest, that stuff helps a lot. And then being facetious, quote, let the hitters take steroids, and pitchers can do that. Whew. Yo. Says a big-time Major League Baseball catcher. Oh, man. This is awesome. What? Say what? Hey, I know this is going to sound really, really naive. Certainly since I was on SportsCenter in the era of McGuire and Sosa, especially since Mark McGuire was once upon a time, I was really tight with this man. We have since lost touch. He's a great human being. I Honestly, I will cape for him. But he did something wrong. We all know it. He knows it too. I get it. I covered baseball in the zenith of a steroid era. No question about it. And I know cheating's been going on for a long time. Last night in the Dodger game, last night, Dodgers-Diamondbacks. Josh Reddick, Arizona Diamondback, comes to the plate. Did you hear what they, they, the organist played when he struck out? Yeah. I saw the sign. 
I saw the signs by what is that Ace of Spades? Uh, Ace of Base. Ace of Base. Whatever. Ace of Spades is the shit. Oh my bad. <laughs> my bad. So I just, I just, I just went a little Johnny Manziel on you, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> nice. I get it. There's been cheating all, all, all over the place. I understand it. Apple watches and all that stuff. Can this is we? The beginning of time. Can I get it? But can we stop cheating in baseball? Can we please do that? Please, I'm begging you. I don't want to turn this television off. I don't want to sit there and think these pitchers are doing all sorts of stupid crap with the baseball. If you feel a baseball and it's ticky-tacky, then you know somebody's doing something to the baseball. I thought we got through this with the naked gun era where Frank Drebin's going out there checking the pitcher and he's got a drill, like a drill bit out there. <laughs> right, right, right. You know? Remember when, the, remember when Joe Necro went, and like, I don't have anything, and out came a yeah, nail yeah. file out of his back pocket. Threw it to the you know, side. I threw it to the side. I don't have anything. Oh, hey, what's going on here? It's kind of like my kids when I catch them snacking after 9 o'clock at night. I don't have anything in my pockets. Wait a minute. Oh, wait. Where, there are all those chips on the floor now. <laughs> like, I didn't see it. Come on. So we get rid of the instant replay cheating and the banging of the drum cheating after getting rid of the Apple Watch cheating, and now the pitchers who are throwing 100 miles an hour are putting crap on their hands or under... Uh, uh, where, where are they getting it from? Do we need to have some sort of detector? Like they've got to pass through it? Like we set it up during... You know, I know we're talking about you got to move the game along, but maybe... You know, we set it up like from the bullpen coming know, out. No, 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 no. It's got it's got to be each inning. Got to be each inning. They, you know, somebody runs out. Maybe the the guy who ha has the pack for the instant replay. Maybe that guy in between innings and another guy or gal. They roll out some sort of metal detector device that can also detect foreign substances. I don't know how you do it. Technology is going to be there, and, and they walk through it, and you know that there's nothing on the baseball. What the hell is happening? This article was eye-opening, to say the least. Am I naive to say, can we make sure pitchers aren't messing with the baseball and that people aren't looking at instant replay monitors to see the signs and that we're not banging trash cans? What the hell? When does this start? Because it's not happening in pony baseball with kids. Good question. When does it start? When does the cheating begin? When is it taught that this is cool? Because everybody else is doing it? We already went down that wormhole and people who are bold-faced names who kids and parents adored alike are standing there in front of Congress with their hands over their heads. I lived through it. I don't want to do it again. What the hell is happening? Because everyone is throwing 100 miles an hour. And then the third baseman are in short right field. And then, and then on top of it, people are, 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 are messing with the baseball, so the spin rate is off the charts. Yeah, the see, balls that's are the moving. Thing. It's not but, just that they're throwing 100 miles an hour. It's that their the sliders are throwing 94 when normally the slider should be around 89. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And so now 24% of Major League Baseball at-bats are ending in a strikeout. And now we're seeing six... No hitters by May 18th, two off the record for an entire season. And this is okay. We're good. And we're talking about this instead of the modern day Babe Ruth 
in the number two media market in the country in Shohei Otani doing stuff that we have not seen since Babe Ruth. A big fat guy who wasn't on steroids and using all sorts of crap. Right. I'm assuming. Hot dogs and booze. Seriously. Like, we're seeing an unbelievable once a century type ball player. And we're talking about this sort of garbage because it is garbage and it should be easily monitored. Hey, Major League Baseball home plate umpires, when you're taking a ball out of play, they take a ball out of play, it seems like, every two seconds. Oh, that one's got a scuff on it. That one was topped at the plate. Let's get rid of that one. Grab it yourself and feel it. If it feels tacky, walk out to the mound and just look the pitcher in the eye and say, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> and let's, because you don't speak to the audience because you, they, they don't wear microphones, let's come up with a hand signal of what the hell are you doing? It could be just arms outstretched. You go like this so everybody at home knows what you're doing to the pitcher. What the hell are you doing? Where are you getting this stuff from? Cut the crap. I mean, nine teams are hitting under 230 the hell? this year. <laughs> Something has to be done. Get rid of the foreign substances. Move the players back to the traditional positions or in the area code of where they're standing. See how that goes. See how that goes. And if it doesn't work, then move the, then move the mound back. Or do what JT Real Muto said, which, by the way, Steven Soderbergh once said on our yeah, podcast, yeah. he wants to have like a steroid Olympics. Hold it in Las Vegas, Nevada, and just say everyone's juicing. And let's see what a human body can actually do. And who's not going to tune into that sort of car wreck? Man, oh man, I get tired of all this. And that's You're the- beaten down. Like, and- I don't want to become a cynic. Yeah. I don't want to become a cynic. And that's the thing about the quote-unquote steroid era. It wasn't just the hitters doing it. We know pitchers well, were using as well. That's the point in this article as well, is the steroid era actually helped the pitchers too. Yeah, exactly. This doesn't help the hitters and pitchers. It just helps the pitchers, right. which is why maybe you're seeing what we're seeing. Which is the departure, the absolute scarcity, the extinction of the extra base hit that's not a home run. I saw a triple the other day. I almost like paused it, brought my kids in the room and said, watch this. Well, Cronenworth had an in-the-park home run. Well, I saw also a double or a triple off of something that just went up the third baseline because the third baseman was practically warming up a pitcher down the right field line because of the shift. And last night, the Dodgers, hey, great job, Dodgers. Albert Pujols, by the way, with a two-run home run. Sorry, Angels fans. That's the way it works. Pujols, two home, his first home run is a Dodger, Right. And, uh, and the Dodgers win. Get another solo shot after the Diamondbacks tied it up. Dodgers win using seven pitchers. I think David Price was the opener last night. Am I mistaken? I might be mistaken. Seven say. pitchers. That's, Come on, Kelly man. got another save. Seven pitchers. Yeah, it's, it's a tough watch. What are we doing, man? It's a tough watch. What are we doing? Let's just go back to the By the way, Dodgers, me, Dodgers using seven pitchers, and they're one of the few teams that actually have a bunch of excellent starters. You know what I'm saying? Wait, and yeah, I, wait, I'm telling you, wait till the postseason. Hey, who's going to start game one? Who's starting game two? 
And then it'll be like, who's opening game four? Do you use your opener in game five? Well, it depends. Did you win game three? <laughs> Not the way I grew up. Yeah. I love this game, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. That's why I get so passionate about it. I read this article by The Athletic. I wanted to vomit. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. We'll take your phone calls. Darius Miles coming up, and then we'll take a look at the NBA making the announcement as to who the finalists for MVP, Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year, so on and so forth. We weren't too far off, by the way, in our voting. No. Darius Miles when we come back. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We'd like to play a game with Chris Brockman and Mike Del Tufo over there. Okay. Where I will read out the facts. They will guess whether it's true meta or false meta, and then you will confirm. Okay, let's okay. do it. First uh, fact, is true. Is. During my rookie season with the Chicago Bulls, I applied for a job at Circuit City. True meta or fake meta? I've heard this story. I believe that's true. Mike? Oh, wait, I, I'm going with him. True. A true story? That's a true story. Ooh. That's a true story. Did you get the job at Circuit City? I, I, I did get the job. I got wow. the job. I got my discount. I was trying to stay out of trouble. Okay. And I needed a job. <laughs> Next fact. I wore number 37 for the Lakers because Michael Jackson's album Thriller was number one on the Billboard charts for 37 consecutive <laughs> oh, weeks. Oh, oh. True meta? No or way. Fake, no way. No way. Is it fake meta? 
That is 100% true. <laughs> That's true. Uh, <laughs> That's true. I knew it was 37 weeks, album, but I wouldn't guess. All right, next one. Right That's before his comeback with the Wizards, I broke, uh, I broke two of Michael Jordan's ribs in a pickup game and delayed his comeback by three months. I was so upset about it, I didn't leave my house for days. True meta or fake meta? I think that's true. I'm saying true. That's true. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah. I love Michael Jordan. My one of my, well, probably my favorite player. You broke his ribs? It was on accident. It was a summertime okay, pickup game, and it was a intense game. In 2010, an art show honoring me was held in Toronto, Canada, entitled "Lovable Badass." Uh, uh, false. True. That's true. Damn, we have a tie. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was surprised, man. I couldn't believe it. It was a really good show. Lovable badass. <laughs> they just said, hey, we want to honor you. I'm like, for what? You know, and they just had all this art of but, me. All right, last one. In 2010, I was cited for driving a race car with an expired registration down a city street. <laughs> oh, True meta or fake meta? Uh, based on his reaction, I'm going to say true. <laughs> I got to go true, too. I get true. true. I get That's true. true. That's true. It was an Indy 500 car. It was fun. What, <laughs> what city? You know, you, in, uh, Westwood. <laughs> Westwood? <laughs> Westwood. And you see? LA? Yeah, they pulled me over and um <laughs> I mean But it was street legal. That so is fantastic. It was, so it was street legal. It was, it was just legal. that you had an expired registration was the issue. The, what happened was the officer was like, what is this? That's why they pulled me over. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, they couldn't say I had my license. I had, was I had it an IndyCar? It was IndyCar, yeah. That's, but it, you know you're young. How did and you dumb. fit in that thing? I, I didn't really fit. <laughs> I was real like this and hitting the gas with my one little pinky toes. <laughs> I went <laughs> it was tough. That <laughs> Meadow World Peace, great Ron Artest, right here on the Rich Eisen Show three years ago. Back here, uh, here and now, here on our Rich Eisen Show Peacock TV stream, along with our radio, national radio um, stations, coast to coast. We're up to 21 Rich Eisen Show radio affiliates terrestrially, and we're thrilled about that. We also appreciate everyone listening on Sirius XM Channel 211, NBC Sports Audio, and on Odyssey, if you want to listen to us. Um, stream us live, uh, listening to us. You can do that every single day. Um, I Zoomed with this gentleman and his colleague from the Knuckleheads podcast when it was uh, coming out. Um, Quentin Richardson and this man uh, give you some uh, great insight to the NBA and life in general on their Knuckleheads podcast where all podcasts can get acquired. Darius Miles back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Darius? Oh, good. How are you doing? Better for talking to you. What do you think of this playing tournament? What do you think of it? Oh, I think it's exciting. Uh, if I was playing in, I, I probably wouldn't want to play the extra <laughs> game. But, uh, yeah, I think it's exciting. I think we're going to see a lot of 50-point games, 40-point games, a lot of – we're going to see teams come from that 10 spot and get on in and knock somebody out there 8-7. and seven. Well, I mean, I don't know if we're going to see that this year. Um, you know, uh, and that's that That may be well, – look, it, it, it's definitely something that I, I know that players are perhaps, as you pointed out, not too happy about playing in. Um, and I imagine one of those tonight would be Steph Curry. I mean, uh, he's in an, an elimination game tonight as opposed to already being in the tournament. I'd be very nervous if I'm uh, uh, an entity that would love to see Steph Curry in. Warriors or oh, the yeah. league, right? Yeah, they definitely got to be cautious, you know. They got to play their best game now, you know. Because if they don't, you know, Washington just blew out, you know, the Pacers. I know the Pacers didn't want to come in and play like that. So now with Steph Curry, you know, it's, it's definitely butterflies. But, you know, 
He do what he do. And that is something else, according to uh, you know all of our eyesight. It was really something what we saw the other night. So Darius, who 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 do you think? Uh, I guess Utah will be flying the uh, the uh, Memphis Grizzly flag tonight. They don't want any piece of what the Warriors might might give us. How dangerous do you think the Lakers are going to be now that they've gotten through into the uh, into the turn the big tournament, Darius? Uh, I think they're definitely going to be dangerous, but I think Phoenix is with Chris Paul and 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 uh, Dan, I mean uh, Brooks. I think they're definitely going to test they might. Well, how um, how do you see it playing out? I think they're going to go about six, at least six seven games. I think it's going to be uh, it's not going to be a pushover. I think Phoenix they revamp their organization and they, and they ain't come to play. And I know they ain't come to play with definitely Chris Paul leading them. And um, what did you make of LeBron saying he doesn't think he'll ever be 100% again with his high uh, I, I think that's it? true. You know, you know, we all believe we're a superhero until, you know, the injuries start getting on us and, and you start slowing down a little bit. I think he's just speaking the truth. Did you uh, ever sense something like that happening with you in your in your career, Darius? Yeah, you definitely – yeah, you definitely do. I get to that got to that point with my knees that I had that first surgery and uh I never felt like I was jumping the same, you know. You feel invisible when you can do all your things that you you worked so hard to create in your body, but you know, after injuries and, you know, 82 games every year, you know, you start to slow down a little bit. Do you think uh let's talk about your former team uh in the Clippers, Darius. Uh I'm with Darius Miles here on the Rich Eisen show third overall selection of the 2000 NBA draft back in the day right here on the Rich Eisen show. So, um what uh what did you did, do you think the Clippers were were tanking the last weekend of the season to avoid the Lakers? Do you think that was happening? Uh, I think that's just part of the game. I don't think they were really tanking. I think they were just preparing their guys to to get ready for this tournament. You always want to put yourself in the best position possible. And you know, evidently it wasn't about where they was at or trying to get high. It was about them getting their guys healthy and getting together. So the the con- the concern uh, that we're hearing, do you pay it no mind, no credence that it sends a message to the locker room that you know uh, we want to avoid a certain team because we might have a problem with that team as opposed to we can beat any team that's in front of us? No, yeah. I, I think they got I think got championship they got championship pedigree all over their team now with Kawhi and Serge and Tyron Lue. I think that's definitely not the case with Who's, them. I think they're ready to go, and you know they're going to try to give they put their best foot forward, especially with what happened in the bubble last year. So, who's the best team in the West? The Lakers. You didn't stutter. <laughs> yeah, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. It's, 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 you know, they're the defending champs. You got to respect that. So, you think there's the 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 most dangerous seven seed maybe in the history of seven seeds? That's what you're Ever. saying. Ever. It'll never probably be this again. <laughs> It'll never probably be this again. Well, I mean, there's – which team do you think could give them the hardest time then? Uh, the Suns and the Clippers. So you think it's like, Lakers and like – Lakers like the Suns with Chris Paul, right. the way he controlled the game and he's, he controlled the pace of the game. And I feel like with the Clippers, because uh, with Kawhi, PG, they got the makeup to withstand them. What about the East? Who do you think is coming out of the East, Darius Miles? Uh, I think Brooklyn, but I think uh, Milwaukee definitely got a, a good chance. Why don't you mention Philadelphia? 
Uh, I just feel like they're just not over the edge. They ain't got it there yet. Why is that? Uh, they they look good, but I just feel like Giannis and, and Brooklyn look better. Huh. Okay. Uh, when it all comes down to it, who's your MVP of the season, Darius Miles? Give me your MVP. Steph Curry. Why is that? It's just uh, he, he went on a run. Like, he went on a run, an unstoppable run. He looks like the MVP right now. Okay. Like, if you look at the game these last couple of months, Steph Curry probably be everybody's choice. I mean, 33 years old as well, doing this this year and having the scoring title. It's yeah. unbelievable. Who's the best scorer? I got Darius Miles. A few minutes left with Darius Miles here on the Rich Eisen Show. Who's the best scorer you ever saw in in person or played against or played with? I'll give you Michael Jordan. Give me a good one. Give me a good story about that. You got a good uh, one? Just uh, when I first met him, uh, everybody was kind of scared to kind of guard him. We was in pickup in Santa Barbara, scared to guard him. And when I, uh, I just accepted the challenge, I was a sophomore in high school. Long, lanky, and you know, I stepped to the challenge and I blocked this shot like the, the first kind of two times. I tipped it, then I blocked it, and then I didn't block it or tip it no more. And he scored everything <laughs> up. <laughs> okay, now let's let's let walk me through this. How how did you get involved? And in, this is a pickup game in Santa Monica. Yeah, Santa Barbara. He Santa has Barbara. a camp, and he invites uh, three high school kids and a bunch of college kids out to the camp to be counselors for the kids and uh, he invited me Omar Cook and uh, somebody else and uh, after the kids you know do their thing all day we play in pickups and Mike play pickups with the college kids and there'll be a few NBA players come down and this was my first year ever doing it that's why I did it every year after that but uh, my first year ever doing it and you know I got on the court first and and you know like everybody was matching up and then nobody walked over there with Mike so I walked over there and I was the youngest guy there and uh, I think that's why he respected me. That's why he uh, put me on his brand. I think that's why we got the relationship to this day. No kidding, because you you were not shying away from the challenge of yeah. Okay, so what did he did he say anything to you, or did you dare say anything to him after you tipped one of his shots and then blocked another one? Oh, he said everything to me. <laughs> I can't really repeat it. <laughs> but he said everything to me, but, you know, because I blocked his shot and I tipped like a, a – I don't know if he sh- was shooting or passing in there after the fadeaway because I was kind of all up on it. Mm-hmm. And then the next one, he pumped fake, bowed me in the ribs, fadeaway, boom, off the backboard. Uh, the one hand fake up, jumping there. He just got to going to work. <laughs> and it wasn't nothing I could do no more. So <laughs> the, the the he elbowed you first. I like that. He, he, he gave you one in the chops first. Yeah, he made me respect my ribs. <laughs> when putting my hands up and, and getting that close up on them. So, you know, if you're respecting your ribs, you can't, you ain't going to put your hands up too many times. And you, you know, know, I'm long. Right. I was long. I was 6'9", right. you know, 7-foot wingspan. So he was creating space. And, and that's what he did. And you think this whole exchange and you showing yourself in this exchange is what led to him signing you to his brand? Shortly yeah, after. I feel like the reason I have the relationship with Mike and uh, I was signed to his brand and I was there every year and being in his presence was because uh, he accepted, he, he respected me accepting the challenge from him. Darius, so young. Darius Miles here on the Rich Eisen Show. When you have it, you, you and Q having Kwame Brown on from the front seat of his car, when are we having that uh, on uh, the uh, Knuckleheads podcast? 
Darius. You know, call him Randall, brother. You know, that's, that's my straight out of high school brother. I know that. You go. He 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 was in the draft right after you. So yeah, you um, yeah, made history. Well, he's still. It seems like right now, what he's yeah. he's he's really far. He's firing on all cylinders right now, Darius. What do you think of what yeah. he's? What do you think? You got any thoughts on the subject matter? No, I really got no thoughts on it. You know, uh, wish all them brothers the best, and you know. How are you enjoying? Good thing. How are you enjoying your pod with with Quentin? How's that going? Oh, I'm loving it. You know, it's like a kid in a candy store. You know, you get the greats, and man, you just and you can tell them how how much you think they're great. Well, who are you? Who have you had on, and who do you want to have on that you haven't had on yet? Well, I want to have Michael Jordan on, of course. <laughs> Well, is that him okay. calling you right now? Could that be no, no, I want to have Michael Jordan on, of course. But um, we done had some greats on uh, this season coming up. We're going to have, you know, like Dr. J. We got a few special guests, a few uh, Loch Ness Monsters that people ain't heard from in a minute. So uh, I'm excited for this new season. I like that. Week. Loch Ness Monsters they have not heard from in a minute, and then they'll show themselves on the Knuckleheads podcast. It's basically what you're saying. I like yeah. that. Okay. Uh, last one for you. If that was Michael Jordan calling in the middle of this interview, would you have answered that in the middle of this live radio and TV interview anyway, Darius? Of course. <laughs> of course. No questions. <laughs> no questions asked, of course. You know what? Um, uh, that's Michael on our other line right now. So No, I mean, <laughs> I, right. I don't blame no, <laughs> no, it's not. But I, I don't blame you. I, I wouldn't, uh, I, I would not, I would not blame you. So uh, when it all comes down to it, um, and we'll have you on as the playoffs move along, uh, your, your prediction right now, Nets, Lakers, or someone's going to crash this party? Uh, Nets, Clippers. You know, I'm still a Clippers, so, you know, I got to root for my guys. Well, that would be something else. I mean, it really would. That would be something else certainly if you know Kawhi and pg and kd and harden and kyrie steve nash i mean that would and then of course blake griffin standing in the way of the clippers and vice versa would be andre jordan that's right and and deandre jordan all right darius that's uh that's some food for thought thanks for it um appreciate the time and uh you know let's uh let's let's keep uh, connecting appreciate it all right thank y'all guys right back at you that's darius miles right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Get the Knuckleheads podcast where all podcasts can be acquired. Boy, Jordan is um, really... Uh, <laughs> Protect your ribs. He's made a mark. You know, he's made a mark. Imagine doing that to... Darius was a sophomore, so he's like 16. Yeah. Just going right after a 16-year-old when you're the GOAT. <laughs> You know, well, and you don't block when, him. When D Miles got there, I started going to Clipper games in '99. So he was like the first full season that I was a Clipper fan and going to games, and he was so exciting to watch. By the yeah, way, the, teams were great. did anybody have Kwame Brown making headlines from the front seat Dude. of his car in in your uh, NBA me- media bingo? Anybody? No. <laughs> it has been a really interesting week yeah. on that front. Not, not just the front car, the front seat of his car, his apartment, smoking hookah, like he's. He ain't holding nothing back right now. Well, I mean, is he going to get a, a podcast out of this? He, I think he already does one. I is think, he already doing? Yeah, uh, yeah. He I was doing so. it on like a live stream. I don't know, but I expect him to be somewhere soon. It's too good, and the guy's got a lot of stories. He's done and seen a lot of things. You know, uh, played for the Lakers. Obviously, his time with the Wizards and Michael Jordan, and he's got a lot to say about a lot of people right now. Yeah, and that's that's the part that's like you know you hate to see that these guys like going at one another because these type of words can lead down the path that 
could end pretty bad, yeah. right? So it's, you, you hate to see it. The, so Darius Miles was 19 years old when he was drafted into the yeah. NBA. So he was 16 or 17 when Jordan's inviting him to the camp and saying, "Well, yeah, because he was one of, of the top players in the country at that point." So Mike had this exclusive camp. So this was probably 98. This is just after the last dance, right? Yeah, or maybe it's right two years before, before his... the final season. Maybe, maybe 97. Look at that photograph of him, a baby, a 19-year-old baby. That was a big suit 20 era years ago too, next to David Stern. Look at that photograph we have up there. Big baggy suit era. Yeah, big baggy suit era. Everyone had those. And those were thousand. Those were fun Clippers teams to watch back then. Well, him and that's why they're knuckleheads Q. because they put their yeah, knuckles on. You know, they did cool. that. Elton thing. Brand, Corey right. Maggette, L.O. Like, man, those fun times as a Clippers fan. How about that, by the way? Clippers, Nets. It's very intriguing. Well, of course, it's the two B teams in their respective towns, the only towns to have two NBA franchises within it. Mm -hmm. The two B teams going to play for it, saying they're no longer the B teams. And then, you know, what if it's Suns Nets and it's Chris Paul versus Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan? That's fun. There are a lot of spicy potential matchups yeah. here, no matter what. Right, but but, but the big it. three here in this town that everybody thought would, would bring the, the Clippers to at least the conference finals. Sorry. I mean, but, said, why are you laughing about that? But I, I, I just, there's just some intriguing matchups right there. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll take your phone calls at 844-204-RICH, number to dial. The NBA has come up with their finalists for their big awards, if you missed it. Don't worry, we've got you covered because we basically told you it was going to be a couple days ago. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. One thing I, I love about you, Steve, is when you host Family Feud, you get a, you you realize that there's a moment that is happening, and you make a meal out of it. Like you, as a host, know we got to stop here, and we have to acknowledge just how insane this moment just is yeah. right now. 
And one of my favorite ones, just like that, involves Stephon Diggs of the Minnesota Vikings when he was playing for the Fast Money, and it was Leave It Blank. And he said, in. And the whole place (laughs) went absolutely nuts. And you just stepped away. Yeah. And just made an absolute five-course meal out of that. Because we have to drink this moment. Yeah. See, sir, I don't see Stefan Diggs. Look, man, <laughs> if you got your helmet on you, your number, we all know who you are. Once he takes the helmet off, right. we got to kind of figure who that is. <laughs> so he didn't have his helmet on. I wanted him to be YouTube famous for the rest of his life. Because what's great, man, are these, you know, we do a lot of NFL, NBA shows on Family Feud for Celebrity. Right. It's great, man, when regular people discover that celebrities don't know nothing. <laughs> they don't. You think because a person is famous, they know more. They actually know less. Yeah. <laughs> they know less than anybody else because they're exposed to less. Rich people don't know how much milk costs. You get out of touch, man. And when they come on Celebrity Family Feud, you find out how out of touch they are. They don't know anything, man. Like, one of the questions for the NFL team was, and we were asking a guy running back for the Packers, uh, can't think of his name, but the question was, complete the sentence. Strip. And you spoke, you know, like strip mall, strip, strip poker, strip sack, strip sack. I said, name, complete the word strip. He said, per. (laughs) (laughs) Strip per. I went, hold on, man. I quit breathing. (laughs) How is that your point of reference to complete the word strip? Per. P-E-R. That was it. I was done. That was one of my great moments. And he, again, you just walk away and you just, you realize it in the moment. Like, okay, this is it. And I'm going to let this thing go. Hey, after the I show, he asked me, he said, Steve, is there any way we can edit that out? <laughs> I said, sir, we're not editing that out. Matter of fact, we're going to embellish it. <laughs> You're going to say purr so loud. <laughs> purr. Oh, man. Steve Harvey, Her. one of the best guests we've had at a Super Bowl. And, of course, his uh, work on NFL Honors is something else. We just watched for our radio audience uh, stroll down memory lane from our Super Bowl in Miami just uh, a year and a half ago. Steve Harvey stopped by before hosting the NFL Honors where he works blue during the commercial breaks. And, man, that is – I wish we could show that stuff on yeah, TV. right? Oh. Works blue to the NFL crowd. That's good stuff. That's good eats. Um, go to our YouTube page for all of that stuff, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. Just a fresh reminder to everybody that the countdown to the greatest spectacle in racing, it's the Indy 500, Sunday, May 30th. That's just right around the corner. Just a few left turns away. <laughs> the Indy 500 on NBC, May 30th. Keep an eye out for that. Phil Mickelson atop the leaderboard as we are conversing on a Friday of a PGA championship at age 50. Now, I don't know um, if this is going to last the day because there's a handful of players, just a couple of shots back, who have yet to take a single shot today. Phil's done for the day. He is in the clubhouse, and it does not look like the wind is picking up in South Carolina. It's like a perfect, beautiful blue sky day. 
I say that, and I do see now a flag <laughs> whipping <laughs> yeah, in the right. wind. So, oh, there it is. Yeah, there's um, some heavy hitters still left to tee off. Okay, so Keegan now Bradley, Victor Hovland, Brooks Kepka, Aaron Wise, all at three under. Defending champ Colin Morikawa, two under. He's off later as well. Okay, so now I've after I just made the assumption of just looking at the sky and how beautiful it is, um, the worldwide leader in sports, the folks on ESPN are just showing one flag after another, pretty much totally stiff, blowing in the wind right now, and Phil is already off the course. What a beautiful looking course that is right now. Wind at sixteen miles an wow. hour right now. The Goodyear blimp is moving around, so Phil is safely ensconced in the clubhouse. Wouldn't it be something if let's just extrapolate this out, not let's just because we're no, Callaway people on the show it. here, yes, but we are. Phil winning this tournament. Let's just go for it. Let's just go for it. Let's just hit a bomb on this one, okay? Why not with a, with a driver? No, no, no. We'll just we'll keep the uh, I I took the epic speed out of here, so we don't have one right now. It's in my bag. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering what. Sorry, that. gents. <laughs> I'll use my epic. That's my host preemptory. What are you kidding? You're not playing golf this weekend. You're, 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 I'm not. I'm you're not please, I'm you're kidding. You're done. Like I told you at the top of, of the show, I your son is all, your son didn't sleep last night. He's not feeling great. You're like LeBron. You're so tired. Just shoot for the middle host right now. You'll By the way, sorry, we're, out great. we're not coming over tomorrow now. Uh, I pretty much figure that's, yeah. that's already <laughs> we're not out. coming over tomorrow. I know. And, you're, and just like LeBron, you're <laughs> never going to be 100% again, ever. Welcome to parenthood. Yeah. But let's just extrapolate this out. Phil, winning a tournament at age 50. Let's be honest. Not we, just any Let's tournament. just shoot, like, just winning a, the PGA, winning a major winning age a 50. major. Okay. Winning a major at the Big 5-0. Let's be honest here. Forget about the fact that it took him so long to win a major, right? It did. A long time. But let's add, let's just take this whole, his entire career. How long he waited to win a major. Won his first major in 2004. Correct. And it was, at the time, all about, is he the greatest player to never win a championship of note? Like, we're including him with other, like Marino, right? From other sports. Yep. Charles Barkley. And he, you know, wins and all of that stuff. And that's now so far gone, you don't even remember it, but some of us do. Because that's all we were talking about when I was covering him on SportsCenter. You know, you didn't win well. Maybe it was me, not him. It was me covering him in the early parts of his career. Because he had all those runner-ups at the U.S. Open. Right. But let's just put it all together, Christopher. This guy who never looked like a workout warrior while doing it, that he's the guy that wins at 50 in a major? Nobody would have ever guessed that. Nobody. Of course, it would have been Tiger. We all know why Tiger's not playing right now. But name anybody else from that era. Name anybody else. Not not Phil. Phil's not gonna like. He's not gonna be around at fifty the way that he's not, the way not that in he shape. Back Honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. really, the fact that he has committed himself to this sort of thing—that at age fifty, he looks great. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Good for him. I mean, he looks like a different guy than dude 20, is 20 years in the ago. clubhouse on a windy, breezy, blue sky day in South Carolina. Halfway through the PGA tournament, he's the guy atop the leaderboard. Take this even further, Rich. We know Jack Nicholas won the Masters of forty six. Yes, he is the old, he four years clear yeah, of that. Four years clear of it. 
oldest major winner ever if this happened. Nobody would have thought he'd be in such shape to do something like this at age 50. And now with the way Phil's been playing this year. Unreal. He'd have been one like good the, round, and that's it. Well, that just... It, I guess you could take out this year. Well, I'm just talking about back in the day yeah. as he was starting his career. Yeah, this is the guy who who's going to win at age 50 in the PGA Championship in 2021. Really? Okay. Cool. Good story. That's possible. As we're sitting here right now, this is not out of... This is in the... this. This is way in the realm. No, Here we he's, go. He's going to go. be rest up, Phil. In the final two groups, put on tomorrow. that CBD oil or whatever, whatever you got going on. <laughs> the gum. I don't know what, whatever's going on. Thing. I'm tour. Let's go. Here we go. Did you choose him in your Barenka? I did not. Your Ralph Barenka? I did not do that this time. I what a waste not. of money that is. Oh it, yeah, no, it's you might as well just flush it down the toilet. Eight four four two zero four. Rich is the number to dial here. Nobody on the show. picked Phil actually. So we uh, have our ballots here the other day. T.J. Jefferson taking the initiative, which I always appreciate. Handing out ballots to me and Brockman and went right past Del Tufo because he knows Jack squat on top of toast for about the NBA. <laughs> and you went right straight to Adam, our call screener. I, I let Adam be Mike's proxy. So. Okay. Uh, we chose Jokic as the MVP. I was the only one to choose Curry. But all three of us had a combination of Jokic, Curry, and Embiid. And um, for the NBA MVP, mm-hmm. the three finalists for NBA MVP have been announced. And they are... Drum roll, please. The Joker, Embiid, and Steph Curry. Hey. We got that one right. How about that? Look at us. Look at, <laughs> Look at Look us. Look at us. All right. Leave this up on the screen, uh, Mike Hoskins, if you don't mind. The Defensive Player of the Year Award... We chose it to be Rudy Gobert. You were the only one to choose Ben Simmons first because you're such a homer, um, <laughs> TJ. I watched the man lock you people put Simmons, Gobert, and Embiid. Like, they're, like you couldn't score a point on the Sixers this year. Uh, Gobert, Gobert, Simmons, and Draymond was um, Mr. Uh, Brockman. And look at the finalists right there. You were the only one to nail all three of those, Christopher. It's Ooh, yeah. Gobert, Green, and Ben Simmons. You got those guys. Well done. The coach of the year, we chose it to be uh, Coach Tom Thibodeau. Um, And you went Monty Williams, Thibs, and Steve Nash. I went uh, Thibodeau, Monty Williams, and um, Monty. I went Thibs, Quinn Snyder, and Monty Williams. Different combination for Adam. We nailed the three finalists in that one. Um, If only TJ Jefferson filled out a third candidate and didn't leave that blank i told you it would have been nash i just forgot to yeah well it. your own don't forget ballot. quinn snyder if 50 win team man brockman and i had the same thought about nash though okay Lamelo ball anthony edwards and tyrese halliburton got that that was it yeah, you that you one. you did nail that um tj as did brockman um I went quickly, Lamelo and Edwards, and Adam went Sadiq Bay, Lamelo and Edwards. So you but weren't being a little bit of a Knicks homer there with you? I was. Oh, okay. Was. I was. That's it right there. Because we did not choose most improved player. Julius Randle should just basically accept the award. The other two people should not show up yeah, for most improved player. I don't is. think. Dude's been amazing. Well, Jeremy Grant has balled this year. Um, in- look, I I get it, but but it's probably going to yeah, be. Yeah, but I bet Randall's. Denver wishes they had him back. Oh, Julius Randle is your most improved player. But those are the finalists right there. Well done, gents. Look at us. 
Look at us knowing know, the NBA. We know the association. We watch a lot. You kind of kinda laughed at my Simmons pick when I made it. I laughed at your Simmons pick because you chose two Sixers. Yeah, That's and why. I don't. I think most sports reporters would tell you those two guys. They're both should be first team all Understood. defense. Understood. So. Yeah, and yeah, it was a little bit of a you know a homer pick. No, it's not just that. <laughs> it's just you're used to just having multiple. Oh, teams. here you go. So why not just have multiple players from one team? <laughs> Rich, I know after we talked to Pete Carroll earlier today, you were worried that maybe uh, you know you took it to him too much. I did not. Pete Carroll just started following the show account. So He just did? I think all's good. I did not. <laughs> don't characterize me as being worried that I took it to him. I didn't take I don't take anything to anybody. I don't know, Chris. He seemed worried to me. No. Man. I like, asked. He, he was like, Did I did I push Pete a little too far? And no, we were no, like, I think no, you did, I Rich. Did, no, might, you know. I just said, you know, when I said to him, What about Russ? And then he's just like, well, this is old news. I mean, like, you know, you're bringing up old news right here. And and I basically said, well, the reason why I'm bringing this up is you and I haven't spoken. Even with my bad, my yeah, bad. Yeah, he's like, like okay, he was, okay. He's coming out. Honestly, on the subject yeah. matter of Russ, including even the cooking part of it. Yeah. Like, he says, good? like, that's that's not my thing. Uh, that's everyone else. You know why thing. he says that? Why do you think Pete Carroll made a little broadside uh, about the let Russ cook thing when I mentioned it? What would be your what would be your guess as to why Pete Carroll would not be into the all idea of let Russ cook? Hmm. Because I'll answer it for you. The concept of let Russ cook means somebody is preventing him from cooking. <laughs> Who is the one preventing him from Hey, let Russ cook. <laughs> That means there's somebody in a position of authority right. who is not allowing the cooking to take place. Well, someone who will go remain nameless but you know, is approaching the age of 70 has said repeatedly that he wants the team to be a run-first team. No, so, and the reason why <laughs> is because he's a defensive-minded coach. Mike Zimmer's the same way. Mike Zimmer, the number of times Mike Nobody's Zimmer... Nobody's calling for let Kirk cook, though. But, but... <laughs> The number of times that Mike Zimmer has probably churned through some offensive coordinators huh. and has looked at his offensive coordinator like, and he's we like, doing? we are running the MF in football. <laughs> yeah, right, right. 12-letter bomb. <laughs> Take your playbook that you are calling right now and GFY. Go. You oh, know what I'm saying? Shine it up oh, real nice. And LFG. Turn it sideways. Honestly, that's it. So the whole concept of let Russ cook, he's probably like, what do you think we've been doing here all this time? He doesn't like the concept, I don't think, of let Russ cook. So he basically, for any of the let Russ cook and Russ isn't being allowed to do X, Y, and Z and Russ is upset, he is basically coming for you like what? Leo DiCaprio at the end of One Night in Hollywood. Yeah. Coming right at the pool <laughs> with, the with, the with the torch. With the flamethrower? Yes, sir. <laughs> and I was on the other end of that because I'm asking the questions. Well, because you haven't talked in a while. We have not talked in a while. Well, let's follow the show all. account. Let's hit them all. Let's get them all. There we Let's go. hit them all now <laughs> while we got the money. And welcome to the party, pal. Wow, we just got a little uh, Godfather 2 uh, diehard in there. Yeah, one I, hit, of I them, hit the wrong one there. Sorry. One of them is a uh, an outstanding Christmas movie. Christmas movie. 
Godfather 2, though, that... Took place... Um, but that leads me into a poll question I wanted. Godfather 2 is an outstanding movie today. based in Utah, too. It's a great Utah movie because it's... Great Utah it is movie. a great Utah movie. It's a you know a great Utah Nevada movie. It's a it's the number one Lake Tahoe movie. The same way that <laughs> that Die Hard is the number one Christmas movie. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> oh Wait, yeah. When you ja- think when you think Utah movies, where's Jake? You think Godfather Part Two? That's what I think. Where's Jake at? What number gum is Pete on right now? Like what piece <laughs> is he on? Hour number three coming up here on Seven. the Rich Eisen Show. Don't miss this. We'll take your phone calls. We'll have a, a we've got much of a wide open hour. Paul Rabel, who is going to be seen a lot on Peacock with Lacrosse in hour three coming up. Still here on Peacock. All right, hold on. Let me let's get into this right now. So Pete Carroll is, said it's a four pack. The gum is that what you want to get into right now? The no, gum? I want to get into movie sequels. Uh, it's the anniversary today of the release of Empire Strikes Back. Okay. 1941 Gosh. years. Okay. What's the best movie sequel of all time? Here are my choices. Godfather 2. Yes, sir. Empire Strikes Back. Excellent choices. So Terminator far. 2. The Dark Knight. Oh, yeah. We have to be missing something. I, I, I mean. T2 is, is the, T2 is the is, weakest link. T2 is the weakest link? It has to be better sequels. Than Terminator 2? Somewhere. Terminator 2 is incredible. (laughs) I know that. (laughs) Incredible. What if you give me some other choices that you that you? I mean, those are the four we came. Those are the four that I came up with. Like they were just the first four that I thought of. So I mean, we could we could say Rocky two. That's incredible. That's aliens are up there. Alien. Okay, aliens is another one that you could. Another person is uh, saying uh, Mad Max Fury Road. But that's not that's not that's not the sequel. I mean, that's further down. That's that's like the third or fourth one. Okay. Christmas Vacation is being mentioned. Christmas Vacation is a sequel. I, I wow. guess. Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan. Wrath of Khan is <gasps> so great. The Wrath of Khan. Superman two. Superman two is amazing. Uh, better than T two though. Uh, Superman 2, man. I know. Superman 2. Toy Story nice. 3. Lord of the Rings is one of them. Lord of the Rings 2, yeah. Good, the bad, the ugly. Captain America Winter Soldier is up here in Avengers Endgame. Aliens, Bride of Frankenstein. Aliens, I think, is the other one that Empire, I would Number one, on Godfather Part 2 is the, is the greatest sequel of all time. You can't say otherwise. Yeah, that's why we were going to leave you that have out a of the conversation, Rich. of... You know how when you say somebody's a great hitter and then you want to sound like you know what you're talking about? That's a great piece of hitting. Piece of hitting, right. This is an incredible work of cinema, The Godfather. And to come over the top of with The Godfather Part Two, nothing better than that. Oh, God, look at me. Whoa. It's Michael Corleone. <laughs> that is frightening right now. That needs to be Del Tufo. It should be frightening. Oh, my God. I'll, I'll get on that. For Hour you. number three coming up on The Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> we need Del Tufo. It's frightening. 